This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jumping off in hour two here of LSU Championship Saturday from Audio Avenue at the Sheridan on Canal, along with NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. I'm Christian Garrick here till 3 o'clock today, breaking down LSU and Clemson in the national championship game on Monday. Both teams had their media day uh, today and out there covering it for us as our WWL's Amos Morale III. And, Amos, let's start with Clemson. What was the, the headline from Clemson's media day? Well, obviously everybody wanted to talk to uh, Travis Etienne, the running back uh, <laughs> from Jennings, Louisiana, the one who got away, uh, I guess you could say. So everybody wanted to chat with him, uh, you know, and kind of get the scoop on how, you know, he was able to, to escape the clutches of LSU. Uh, you know, and he, uh, he talked about it. It was no hard feelings. It just he thought that Clemson was a better fit. You know, LSU kind of came at him late. Yep. Uh, you know, Clemson came at him late, too. Uh, you know, I actually got a chance to chat with the uh, offensive coordinator there, who also coaches the running backs. And, uh, you know, he told a pretty interesting story about how, you know, he kind of he felt like he got lucky, landed Travis because they had a running back committed for that class already. Then that kid decommitted, and he already told right. a couple. Yeah, yeah, he already told a couple of other prospects. Uh, no, we had a running back, and uh, you know Travis had actually reached out to him, and they had to tell him no. And then, uh, you know, he was he said he ended up you know coming down to visit him, and it worked out. So, uh, you know, that was kind of the big deal. And then obviously, you know, what's Clemson's defense going to do against this LSU offense? Uh, and, you know, the, the Clemson defensive players and coaches staff, they were all very complimentary. Uh, one of the uh, – Isaiah Simmons, the uh, linebacker slash safety, pretty much if it's a defensive position, this guy plays it well. Uh, he just described LSU's offense as explosive and, you know, said, you know, each week. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the storyline is just what this Clemson defense is going to be able to do against LSU. And then, obviously, Travis Etienne, uh, uh, you know, they're expecting a big game out of him. Amos, one of the things I remember back at that recruiting class because that was uh, Ed had just gotten the head coaching job. He had just been named a permanent head coach. And uh, I sung him the song about a Meek Robertson who ended up, a Thibodeau High School kid who ended up at Louisiana Tech, a three-year starter. You know, sometimes God puts you in the right place. And he put a Meek at Louisiana Tech uh, where he was a three-year starter, tremendous player there. And then trapped the – and, but Ed will talk more about the two that got away than, than some of the guys that he actually got that year. And so it's interesting how you, you think about how that sort of just passed away. But one of the things with ATN is his quick strike skills as a runner. Because, you know, you'll see that three-yard run, that five-yard run, that four-yard run, and all of a sudden that's of a gun. He's 58 yards downfield. And uh, Trevor Lawrence at the uh, Manning camp, he told me that – uh, Travis got three speeds, fast, real fast, and super fast. And he said, you see them all three in one game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I actually got a chance to see Trevor, I mean, not Trevor, uh, Travis at a, a, a camp out in Sulphur. It was like the January, I think he was still a junior, uh, 
at Jennings. It probably run for like 2,000 yards or something that year, but uh, you know, still wasn't really making waves on the scene. He goes out and runs a 4-2. The guys that were timing him thought they had messed up, and then he just walks up, and he's like, what, what was my time? And they said, dude, we got you at a 4-2. And he's like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, so he uh, is a guy that, that's, uh, you know, known he's fast and has known how to use his speed. And, uh, you know, you saw it with when he was a freshman at Clemson, he was able to, you know, work his way into that starting lineup. And, uh, you know, they played in the uh, Sugar Bowl, which was a, a playoff semifinal against Alabama as a freshman. And, you know, that's one thing he did talk about was, uh, you know, that game wasn't his best game. He got hurt, uh, didn't have uh, the kind of game he was having. So he was really, you know, really looking forward to getting another chance to play in the Dome and, uh, you know, try to help this team win back-to-back championships. And, and he's went along with ATN. That's not how he says it, not how his family says it. <laughs> it's yeah. ATN. ATN. That's how that's how the family says it. But you know he goes along with the ATN. He he goes along with it. But it's actually ATN. You know he's a uh, he's a Prairie Cajun. You know from Jennings. Uh, he, he's not a Bayou Cajun. He's a Prairie Cajun. But uh, yeah. he's still well, you know, man, you he's one hell of a player. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you know that's one thing. A lot of the uh, LSU defenders, you know, they recognize that's a running back that's got some danger. Uh, you know that speed is just. Uh, he can hurt you with it, and you know the fact that like he's got Trevor Lawrence handing him off to him, and you know that's the other thing. Trevor Lawrence has shown, particularly in that playoff game, that uh, you know he can hurt you with his legs too. So uh, you know if he you know decides to pull that out, and that defense overcommits, trying to keep Etienne from breaking off uh, one of those long runs we've seen him do all season, you know Trevor could be down the field <laughs> just as quick. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, I'm interested to see how they use him defensively. Uh, one, he can't cover. If Jefferson gets in the slot, he can forget that. I mean, he, he's not going to be able to cover him. But how they use him, it, I think, is interesting. Are they going to use him as the blitz guy? Um, because, to me, I think you've you got to get Joe Burrow off his launch pad. And I think if there's one guy that you might fear that could get a lot of pressure, it's Isaiah. Because if you put him in the slot against Jefferson – he ain't got a chance to cover him. That's not going to work. He don't have that type of quickness to cover um, Justin when he goes, you know, in and around those you know, sharp cuts. So he's the guy to watch defensively and how they use him going up against LSU's offense. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's, you know, one thing you've seen him uh, when you go look at back at some of these Clemson games, you've seen him. They've played him all over the place, you know. Uh, what was it? Uh, one of these games, I was watching a film where uh, I think it was when they were playing North Carolina, Carolina. and the running back tried to, yeah, the running back tried to pick him up on a blitz and just throws the guy <laughs> out of the way. <laughs> yeah, and so, but I mean, you see him, you know, when he drops back in the coverage, he can play well too. But I got to think that, uh, you know, Clemson, they, you know, and they recognize what kind of talent Joe Burrow has, and, you know, they put on the film, they watch, and they see that. You know, there's times where it looks like, all right, he should be bottled up. He should be in a position to throw away. And then it ends up being a 15, 20-yard gain because, you know, he's able to, to, to make something happen with the ball. So they recognize uh, what a special talent they're playing. Uh, so I got to think that they're going to be having him out there trying to, you know, kind of make it uneasy for Joe Burrow so that, uh, you know, he has to do a little bit more of that, that spectacular stuff we've been seeing, uh, particularly in these recent weeks. Amos Morale, the third part of our WWL.com uh, team. And, Amos, what was – was there a highlight from LSU's media day in terms of anybody said anything interesting there? 
Well, you know, uh, obviously uh, the, the big huddle obviously was around Joe Burrow, but also Joe Brady. Uh, you know, he drew a pretty big huddle, obviously with the success LSU's offense has had. Uh, you know, he's drawn a lot of interest. Um, and, you know, it's been sort of the storyline everyone's been following. You know, is he going to stick with LSU? Is he going to go somewhere else? Uh, you know, the NFL is uh, rumored to be calling him. Uh, if he was asked about uh, some rumors linking him to the Carolina Panthers. And, uh, you know, said that he hasn't been contacted. And right now all he's concerned with is winning a national championship. But, uh, you know, he also uh, talked a little bit about uh, the fact that he's, you know, recognizes that, you know, he's working with Joe Burrow. And, you know, he may never get a quarterback like this again. Uh, you know, he joked that he's a little bit spoiled because he went from working with Drew Brees to Joe Burrow. So, you know, he's had a lot of luck in his coaching career with quarterbacks. So, but, uh, you know, he said that, you know, if one thing it did show him, it shows him what kind of commitment it takes. And, uh, you know, so when he did, whenever he does have to coach someone else, he'll be able to point to, to Brees and Burrow uh, in terms of, like, when he demands uh, stuff from him. So, uh, yeah, you know, he, he talked a little bit about that. He said right now he's focused on winning the national championship, and he hasn't really, you know, given too much thought about anything else uh, other than that. Joe Brady's going to make a lot of money here soon, and he's got two number, nine, two number nines to thank for, Drew Brees and Joe Burrow. Absolutely. And, you know, he kind of kind of joked a little bit about that, how, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, it was like LSU's new offensive assistant, and now he's one of the hottest names in college football. And he's like, well, for me, I'm just going to work every day. So yeah. uh, it's still the same thing. <laughs> I know Bobby and I get on him about it, you know, when he was with the Saints. Man, when it's time for you to go get donuts for the team and Sean needs his car wash, and, you know, and he'd always sort of give us a glance, but, you know, we, you know, we put the needle to him. One of the things uh, I know last Saturday, uh, Steve Insminger told me this, uh, uh, at the services for, for Carly McCord, is, uh, his daughter-in-law, that he, he would not talk. He, he told me, Micah, I'm going to talk football, but I'm not talking anything other than football to, to anyone. Uh, about all this. Did he hold true to that? Because I know he was going to get peppered about it, and he was expecting it. He told me that I expect people are going to ask about Carly and, and everything else and uh, being married to Stephen Jr. So uh, uh, I'm interested to how he handled that in, in the press conference because I, I know he told me last Saturday I'm not answering no questions about it. Well, you know, he uh, when he right when the media day started, he kind of made a – sat up there and he's like before you know we get started I just want to let you all know uh you know i'm here to talk football and you know, i really appreciate all the support that uh you know you guys the media the state of louisiana lsu fans i really appreciate all the support they've shown my family but you know i'm here to talk football and uh for the most part it seemed like everybody really respected that uh you know they really appreciated the fact that you at least took the time to address it with them and uh, you know, and after that, it was all football and obviously, uh, you know, talking about going against a, a Clemson defense that's been playing really well. Amos Morale the third, great stuff as always, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Amos. All right, Mike Natalia, Christian Garrick, it's LSU Championship Saturday here on WWL. It's going to be um, – it's always fun in the SEC and especially in the SEC West. But, man, you, you – yeah, Mike Leach is going to take it to a whole different level with he and Lane Kiffin. They will not be able to help themselves – with the Egg Bowl and some of the insults that will be going on. And, you know, in like May and June and July, they go down to Sandestin for the meetings. I mean, it, it'll, be, it'll be worth the cost of, or the price of admission. Now, uh, Kirk, with all the experience, Clemson obviously, what, 29 uh, victories in a row. You look at Trevor Lawrence, uh, 
where he's at as a quarterback. Uh, do you think the game could come down to which quarterback has the ball last, whether it's Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence? So what is your take when you hear that? You know, Bobby, I, I would say, you know, when you first think about the matchup, you think, man, I mean, we, we got a chance. Kind of like that LSU-Alabama game. You know, we got a chance for some points. Which quarterback has that ball that's going to win? Then you throw in that 15 days for Dave Aranda to get ready for Trevor Lawrence, 15 days for Brent Venables to, to get ready for, for Joe Burrow. And, and it, takes, it makes me, I guess, have a little bit of pause, it makes me take a step back a little bit. I mean, right. I, I remember call, I called this game last year, and it was the same thing. It was, okay, here comes Trevor Lawrence, here comes this offense with ETN and these receivers, and uh, Tua with all those weapons. Oh, man, this is going to be – I was convinced going into that game, getting ready to call it, that it was going to be a game where we're going to have a lot of points. And then we know what happened. I mean, Venables came up to his credit with a lot of pre-snap, post-snap things that that confused Tua. He threw a couple picks, one early to kind of set the tone. And and you got to give him credit for what he's able to do. Completely different defense, lost those defensive linemen. But his ability to make you – and, Bobby, you can appreciate this more than anybody – give you one look in college, go to another look consistently, especially right. on third down. You know, that, that could be not so much a challenge for Joe, but the receivers in Joe who have been in sync all year. Protection. Uh, they've got, yeah, and protection. They've just got to all be on the same page because Venables is going to dial it up with 15 days to get ready. You know, Kirk, that, that's what I, I was going in that direction. Uh, and how would you expect uh, Clemson to defend LSU's hyper aggressive offense, uh, to say the least. The reason why I say they hyper, I mean, uh, I use the example of Blitzkrieg. Uh, if you're a historian, this is unbelievable. LSU's 85 almost have touched down, 67 have come on drives of less than uh, three minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about wham, wham. You think you're back in the game, and then all of a sudden, like, what the hell, now we behind again? Uh, you know, wasn't yeah. no 10, 11, 12, 14 play drive. That's just been more so impressive with me. And if you think you're just going to blitz Joe Burrow, then you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. So to me, it's to right. trying to conf- confuse the protection. I think that's what all of a sudden, when you think they picked up, but they're really not. Exactly. I think it's some blitzing. And when they blitz, a lot of times they're playing zone behind it. They don't want to leave those DBs on islands against Chase and Jefferson and, and Moss and Marshall. And uh, there's so much talent. You know, you're talking about all these guys being NFL players, not to mention Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, against the linebacker, right? So I think sometimes you'll see pressure, but I think, you know, people that have pressured them have, have given up touchdowns. So I think some of it's creating the perception of pressure and then, and then maybe bailing out of it or maybe showing it from the left and at the snap you bring it from the right. Those kind of things right. I think is what you'll see as much as anything. But I'm with you. I, I called their second game of the year when they played Texas, and Joe Brady was kind of warning me the night before I'm talking to him, and I'm like, I'm trying to get a feel. You know, you were at Penn State. You were with the Saints. Is, is, it more, is it more Penn State? Is it going to be more Saints? And he just kind of was giggling like, wait till you see, man. He's like, I'm telling you. You know, and, and sure enough, that game, I think the entire nation, you guys maybe already knew, but the rest of us, when they played that game, especially that third down call late, instead of running the ball, killing the clock, they attacked, you know, they were, they were attacking. It was just such a declaration that this is not the LSU that we're used to seeing for the last 20 or 30 years. This is an attacking, aggressive, confident, we don't care where the ball is. This is our mentality kind of team. And, and they have not backed off of that. And you expect them, obviously, in this biggest stage with everything on the line 
to continue to play with that swagger and confidence and belief because why wouldn't they? No, nobody up to this point has been able to slow them down. ESPN's college football analyst Kirk Herbstreit at Kirk Herbstreit on Twitter. Kirk, this might seem like a quirky question, but I think you're gonna you're gonna under, understand it. Who has more on the line in this game for the future of their program, Clemson or LSU? Well, I mean, Clemson's been winning games for a long time. I mean, as much as people still don't seem to to respect them right. on, as far as a a national brand, they're you know whether they win or lose this game. They're kind of the new Alabama right now. I mean, they, they, if they win this game, you're talking about winning three national championships in four years. And nobody has a better winning record against ranked teams than Clemson. They're like 19-3 and three in the last five years. They have the highest winning percentage over Alabama, over Ohio State, over LSU, over Oklahoma, everybody. They, they have the number one um, winning percentage in the country. So if they lose this game, I, you know, I, it's a, obviously a disappointment, but I don't think it's like, oh, boy, they slide all the way back down to the, the bottom of the hill. Right. You know, I, I think it's a step back. They still have Trevor Lawrence coming back next year, and away they go. I, I think for LSU, man, this, this, is, this is a new era, you know, with Coach O and the recruiting and, and the Heisman Trophy. And, I mean, they got a chance if they cap this off with a win. I mean, we'll be talking about this game 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, thinking about, remember that LSU team in 2019 with Burrow? I mean, they have a chance to cap this off as, to me, one of the greatest individual offensive years in the history of college football. So if they were to lose this game, I don't want to say it's devastating, but I, I think uh, I, I would say LSU would have more at stake as far as their program and the direction and the future of what they're trying to accomplish. And, you know, Kirk, uh, along those lines, uh, if, if LSU wins this game uh, Monday night, uh, it doesn't get any bigger than this. Uh, when you think, uh, would they have a seat at the table, one of the best college football teams of all time? To me, it matters, even though they've had unbelievable wins. Come on, they almost like had 50 points at halftime against Oklahoma. When I'm watching this, do you think almost from an outsider – that they can't have an ugly win or just win the game. But if it's a convincing two-touchdown win, uh, I, I, I think that'd be domination anytime, I, I think, double digits. So could you maybe have them in the conversation, best college football teams of all time, simply uh, who they beat, top ten teams, and the skins they put on the wall? It, 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 the skins on the wall are huge. Um, where they've had to play some of these games – and if, if they were able to go out as a winner, and because of the opponent, I mean, you're beating the defending national champ. I don't care if you win by a field goal. If you beat the defending national champ, okay. a team that hadn't, you know, they, they hadn't lost in whatever it is, 29 games. Um, I, I, I'll just say this, and, Bobby, you've been around a lot longer than me. In, in all the years that I've been covering the sport, playing the sport, I, I don't think, and I, I would say Tua last year going into the Clemson game was, was maybe in this category. But I don't know if I've ever seen an offense and a quarterback execute at this level in the collegiate game like in the nfl in that world you know you see right. drew and aaron and all those guys but you know bobby you tell me have you ever seen a college quarterback who is more decisive and more consistent with no. his accuracy no, knowing no, no, where no. to go with the ball and the answers and you know, you're going to play this boom you know you're going to do that boom 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 like his ability to process coverage and know where to go with the i've never seen anything like it so if they cap this off with a win um without a question because of what they've already accomplished coming into this game, that, that they would be recognized and remembered as one of the greatest to ever do it. And uh, 
Kirk, I've never seen nothing like. Is he human or is he a cyborg? I mean, uh, it's a video, it's a video a, game. A video game. You know? well, listen, Cocho and I, you know, uh, like his dad and my grandmother were first cousins. So him and I won the state championship in high school. We go way back. Yeah. And yeah. the one thing he's saying at the beginning he goes, Bobby, you know what? Joe Burrow, he kind of reminds you of you, uh, the toughness. I said, well, that's the only thing I got with Joe Burrow is the toughness. <laughs> All those other intangibles, I don't have any of that. But the, the, I know I could hang in there like Joe Burrow. But it's amazing, yeah. like he's a cyborg out there. He is. You know, you got to go back to remember, I, I'm from Ohio, and, and he grew up in southern Ohio, as he mentioned in his Heisman speech. His dad is a defensive coordinator. His dad's a football guy. He grows up with a coach. Older brothers are tough linebackers at Nebraska. He wanted to play defense. I was talking to him yesterday about it. He said he would probably he said he probably could play safety at this level, uh, like a free safety. And so he's, he's a defensive mindset, and he plays the quarterback position like he played, like he would play on defense. I mean, you see him get hit. Right. He gets up. He, you know, he told me yesterday nine from Oklahoma was one time they were down forty nine to seven. I mean, it could have been a hundred. It's forty nine to seven. They flush him out of the pocket. He throws it away. And Murray says to him, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And, and Joe goes, you know, I, 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 he goes, I, I typically talk a little bit, but I, I kind of felt bad for him. And then he said that to me. I said, he goes, bro, look at the scoreboard, man. You guys stink. Like, Slow why are you roll. even here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's not a guy that your, your typical quarterback kind of goes back in the huddle. And he's just not that way. And I think his team really respects that part of it and, and feeds off of his swagger and his determination that he plays with. I think his legs tomorrow in this game, if Venables comes after him the way he might, keeping plays alive, not, not just running for first downs, but getting, avoiding the pressure, locating Jefferson or Chase downfield and those scramble drills that they've had so much success with, that could be a big factor Monday night if, if, that, uh, if it plays out in their favor. ESPN's Kirk Herbstreit. Give me an NFL comp, you think, for Joe Burrow. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I hate to put this on him, but his the way he's executing, and because I covered Tom Brady, I'm not saying Tom Brady is a patriot. Tom Brady in college, um, and he didn't have the athletic ability, but he had the quick mind, uh, the, the way he was able to get the football out. And Tom didn't run Joe Brady's system. You know, he ran a system right. that was a little bit more traditional. But as far as, like, Joe's much bigger and longer than I think people realize until you get up close to him and shake his hand and, and realize his, how physical he is. Um, so I, I think his his brain pro- ability to process his accuracy and his leadership intangibles remind me of a young Tom Brady. Great point, Kirk. Are are people sleeping on Clemson's offense against LSU's defense? Is Clemson offense not getting enough of the conversation? Uh, I, I would say yes, and I think it has to do with because of the way Ohio State defended them. You know, everybody typically is is what happened. People remember last the last game, right? They they don't remember the entire season. And this is an offense that scored forty five points a game. Now the cynic will say, yeah, that was in the ACC, right? Well, you know, this is right. the ACC. Um, I, I will tell you this: you're going to watch Monday night, and the first pick in this year's draft is going to be the quarterback for LSU, and the and the and the first pick in next year, the following draft is going to be the quarterback for the Clemson Tigers. So I, I've never called a game where you have two first round, two first picks overall going head-to-head in a national championship. Trevor Lawrence is legitimate, 6'6", 220, can make every throw. The question I have is Justin Ross and T. Higgins, 
got got slowed down in that Ohio State game. They jammed them at the line of scrimmage. They're big, tall guys at 6'4 each, and they're big targets for corners. In the ACC, they're kind of afraid of them, and they back off of them, and they make a lot of plays downfield with that length. Against Ohio State, they weren't able to do that, and they couldn't run the ball with with ETN, so they had to rely on on Trevor Lawrence to run the ball. How will they will they get ETN going, which is essential to them in their offense? They want to get ETN going first, and then that sets up their RPO game, and that set up that sets up their vertical play action pass game. If they can't get him going, they're they're kind of stuck in third gear. They were fortunate to beat Ohio State. We'll see against this uh, this LSU defense that I think is playing with the most confidence that they played with all year. We'll see how uh, how they execute on Monday. Now, Kurt, we had to go to Ohio to get our quarterback. Clemson had to come to Louisiana to get ATN, uh, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the running back. It just shows you, uh, boy, per capita, Louisiana is unbelievable what they produce. But you bring up the yep. ACC. Uh, since the scare uh, in that ACC game against North Carolina, what has changed for Clemson? Was that just a slap in the face, a wake-up call? And when you look at the experience in past games, how big of a factor do you think that is uh, in this type of game? Because they've been there, done that. I uh, just want to elaborate what caught your attention yep. after that North Carolina victory, and do you think that experience truly makes a difference over LSU? Yeah, you, you know, again, from, from being around the game and playing the game, sometimes, especially in the college game, when the margin of error is so small, you know, you can't afford to lose two or three the way you can in the NFL and still get in the playoffs and make a run late. In the college game, you, you get that scare. You either lose the game and it wakes you up if you're a top team or you get a scare like they had in Chapel Hill and it, and it tends to kind of wake you up. That's what happened to them there. They, they showed up. They, they, you know how it is. They just didn't have the fastball work and they were right. fortunate to get out of there with a win. And I think they looked at each other as a team that had a lot of heart, a lot of champions in that locker room and said, fellas, this is unacceptable. You know, we don't have Christian Wilkins in this locker room anymore. We don't have Cleveland Farrell. We don't have Dexter Lawrence. It's a new year. We cannot show up like this and just expect to throw our jerseys out there. It was a wake-up call. The rest of the year, they won by an average of 42 points a game. Probably could have been a lot worse. And yeah. I think if there's a great representation, I would just say this is the Ohio State game. They were getting blown out early in that game. They didn't go away. Their defense forced three different red zone trips as field goals. Kind of kept them in the game like a boxer on the ropes. And then they, they showed that heart of a champion. They found a way to win the game. So if there's one thing you do not want to underestimate in a team that's won 29 straight is if you get them down, you better, you better take them down because they will not go away. They, they have that heart and they have that belief that they can always find a way to win a game. So that's, that's the one intangible that I think favors them coming into this game is, is a, a collective belief that they can find a way to win a game when it's close. ESPN College Football Analyst Kirk Herbstreet. Kirk, we certainly appreciate the time and enjoy your time in New Orleans calling the game. Okay. Thanks, All right, Kirk, guys. thank you so much for coming on. All right, that was ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet earlier this week ahead of the matchup between LSU and Clemson. That's the LSU Championship Saturday edition along with Mike Dettelier. I'm Christian Garrick here on WWL. Mike, uh, the president, President Donald Trump, will be in town for the College Football National Championship game on Monday night between LSU and Clemson online at WWL.com is a list of um, prohibited items that cannot be brought into the stadium, into the Superdome. And um, you read through the list and you're going, okay, like we really have to tell people they can't bring explosives and firearms. You all right? You good? Man, who the hell bring that anyway? Laser po- Well, somebody laser brought a laser pointer. pointer. I remember last year the N- uh, AFC yeah. championship game. Uh, but selfie sticks, selfie toy sti- guns, 
Well, how about this one? Your drone, unmanned drones. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go to the yeah, game. I'm just gonna wake up. And say, I'm gonna bring my drone to the game. Yeah, I got my drone there. <laughs> balloons can't have balloons either. I mean, we're saying this, laughing because it's like, come on, do we really yes, have to? I should be, but listen, some people don't have common sense, uh, so you got to tell them. Common sense isn't common all the time. <laughs> no, it's not. It's far from common. You can check out the entire list at www.com. Mike Dettelier, Christian Garrick here hanging out. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Do we still have Bubba hanging on? Is Bubba there at Metairie? All right, Bubba is not there. Uh, so anyway, um, tons of stuff for you online as well. From Amos Morale the third, Tim Zimmer, recapping LSU's and Clemson's media day. Dabo Sweeney says it makes him sick to see Joe Burrow play. He was effusive in his praise of him. Uh, but That's just, typical Dabo, though. I'll be honest. I mean, he's a guy that, uh, you know, he knows talent. And, you know, people laughed at him when he compared Deshaun Watson to Michael Jordan. And then if you watch yeah. last Saturday's game, uh, he did put the MJ jersey on in the second half uh, to beat uh, the Buffalo Bills. And so, listen, Dabo, you know, sometimes it's hyperbole, but, uh, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out man, just how good Joe Burry is. And uh, uh, Dabo's a great CEO for what he's done. He was the guy that was almost run off. Uh, he had a, a basically a break-even season. There were a lot of people that wanted him out. And he told me that that was part of why he's got a great connection to Coach O. He said, you know what, today I can't find any of those guys that didn't want me here. Can't find them anymore. And he said, you know, when, when Ed's going to change it around, you won't be able to find them, them guys either. They're hiding. They're just waiting for you to lose a game so they can jump back on to, you know, hate Joe, uh, hate Coach O or, or hate Dabo Sweeney wagon. But uh, – Man, he's done one wheel of a job uh, at Clemson. Just unbelievable. And he, people get lost on this. These two guys that are coaching in the national championship game were interim coaches. They were not the permanent guy when they took over. And the two defensive coordinators, I didn't know this. Uh, Randa told me this. They were fired within 24 hours of one another a few years back. Oh, wow. Randa got the, the pink slip uh, from, from, uh, from uh, Hawaii. And Venerables got it. At Oklahoma. Just think of that. Yeah, th those are considered <laughs> two of the top defensive coordinators in the country. Lots of parallels, lots of storylines. We'll get to those. This is LSU Championship Saturday here on WWLAMFMN.com. Back here live from Audio Avenue, the Sheridan on Canal, ahead of college football's national championship game, number one LSU and number three Clemson, Monday night in the Superdome. This one's been hashed and rehashed, and uh, I really can't wait for it to get going just because uh, – we had a 16-day layoff between the uh, college football semifinals and the national championship game, so certainly people are, are chomping at the bit. And Mike, the uh, no surprise, it's probably going to be about 60% uh, LSU fans. Well, I think in that it's Super more than that. I think you'll see probably more like 70-30, if not more LSU. It'll be certainly a home field advantage. Uh, one of the things Coach O brought up is, you know, we got to jump on them quick because you know we want that home field advantage, but. You know, if Clemson scores two quick touchdowns and we don't do anything, that home field advantage, you lose pretty quickly on that part. But I'll tell you a quick story. Actually, Fletcher Mackle um, actually brought it up to me. Uh, at the Manning camp, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, when I was talking to him, once we, he finished one of the practice sessions, I asked him, who do you watch here at the Manning camp? And he's like, you know, uh, I've never been known to be a great runner. So he said, I watch – that guy, 
And he pointed to Joe Burrow? No. Oh. Adrian Martinez, the, the quarterback from University of Nebraska. Okay. And Martinez's ability to kind of run in and out of the pocket. And, you know, I thought about that uh, almost immediately when he took off on that basically quarterback draw and he took off downfield. You know, people don't think, you know, that Trevor is a fast dude. Not, I don't want him running anchor for my 400 football meter relay team. But, man, with them long legs and he gets cranking, dude, he can pull away from people. But it was funny how quarterbacks watching other quarterbacks uh -huh. and he was watching Martinez from Nebraska and his, how he can maneuver around the pocket, buy a little time, run with the football. And, you know, you learn things. Listen, not everybody knows everything. So you got to learn from others and how at the Manning camp he was watching Martinez from Nebraska. Yeah, he's on that, that part of his game might be underrated. He got off to a little bit of a slow start this year. What happened? Uh, because I don't think the sharpness in the short, quick passing game was there for him. He's much better throwing the deep ball. And basically, he told me that. That's what I, I want to do. I want to throw the deep football downfield. And uh, he got better as the season went along in that short, intermediate routes. And, but he got off to a, a shaky start. And he was trying to force balls in coverage uh, that just weren't open. And he got a lot of picks early on. I mean, he got a lot of picks. So uh, he got better with it. The team sort of grew defensively. They got a little bit of, you know, got, got knocked around a little bit early. But they dusted everything off, and they played really well. But offensively, they are built on the big play. The big play elements of him throwing the ball deep downfield and also uh, Travis Etienne, uh, that's – that's part of that deal. But, man, early on, they tried to make him a short, intermediate quarterback. I, I, that ain't what he does best. But he got better at it as it went on. Coming up next hour, ESPN Radio, Ian Fitzsimmons, local guy right here from Folsom across the lake. He'll join us also, former LSU Tiger quarterback Herb Tyler, all coming your way next hour on the LSU – or, excuse me, LSU – Championship Saturday, Mike Dettelier, Christian Garrick here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.